0: Ocean, how are you? We were going to, I was going to ask you how you were doing off air, but I genuinely am interested in how you're doing. Uh, we haven't chatted in a while. How is everything going?
1: It's been a hot minute. Super stoked to finally make this happen. I know we tried like several times and then I was like, well, let's wait until I actually make my pregnancy announcement, the round two, before we do the pod, because then we can talk about the first pregnancy, the second pregnancy, and uh, yeah, dude, I mean, th- things are going great. I, um, I'm feeling... Uh, I I, and I know, again, everybody has such a unique pregnancy experience. And unfortunately, I know uh, you and Jenna as a couple have been kind of experiencing the bummer side of the first trimester. But um, I, you know, knock on wood, uh, have been experiencing the great side of pregnancy. Um, This is my second pregnancy. um, And dude, I'm feeling freaking fantastic. I actually outside of my pants getting tighter lately, don't like forget that I'm pregnant often, which is kind of a a cool thing but I'm doing good
0: is that is that a second pregnancy thing or is that a just a is that both pregnancies went that way or
1: yeah honestly both pregnancies went that way um I feel very fortunate that uh both of them went really well um and I you know I, I feel like I can't necessarily attribute it to anything like oh I resisted and strained or I did this or I did this it's just maybe genetics maybe lifestyle maybe you know having like I don't know. I don't know who's to say what it is. But uh, yeah, knock on wood, both of them have been going well. Maybe it's I mean, we just found out we're having a boy. So maybe it's a sex thing. Who
0: knows? (laughs) Oh, my God. The amount of like, total random folklore of like, oh, it's a girl like you probably feel terrible or oh, it's a boy like you're gonna feel fine. Like it's just total folklore. And it's just the beginning of a long laundry list of like, just shit that people say that like, you know, that, that is just uh crazy generalizations and extrapolations and old folklore and stuff. And it, I, whatever we've, we've come to just kind of brush it off and, and be like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's just not a thing, but it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, absolutely. It's, uh, I, I think like the, you know, one of the initial like things before, like my first pregnancy. So, uh, you know, I, my initial, kind of anticipation for pregnancy. The first go around was very much like nervous, uh, and scared about what the whole process entailed. I, uh, I don't know about, you know, you guys, but I feel like as someone who, so my mom was a teen mom, she had me when she was 19. And so, uh, you know, I feel like I grew up kind of helping my mom raise my brothers. And I very much was like, I want to be selfish. Like, I don't want to have anything tying me down. I don't want to have kids. I actually didn't even want kids for the longest time. And then, um, you know, was very excited about being selfish most of my life. And then I met my now husband and obviously my mind changed. We were together for I think eight years before we decided to venture into this journey. But um, you know, I, I I guess for me, like uh, going into this whole pregnancy thing, I like was sure that this is like, this is what I want to do. I'm very type a very, you know, planning. uh, And so anyway, I think when I was going into my first pregnancy, there was a lot of uh, a lot of like anxiety about like, uh, what that's going to look like, you know, very, like I said, very type A, I wanted to plan things. And, um, you know, again, we've known each other for a long, long time. Now I'm someone that's been in kind of like writing that line of like, hey, I was you know, my journey started in competitive division one athletics, and then it transitioned into competitive bodybuilding. And then it transitioned to like, hey, competing and being lean kind of sucks. But I also like eating food. And you know, I just I'm trying to find that balance. And so um, as someone who's like done a series of like muscle building phases, uh, fat loss phases and stuff, uh, going like the thought of going into a pregnancy where I'd be going into a process that I would not be in control was like freaking me out um i was like okay what i was just nervous about that whole process and like what that's gonna look like and undo all of these years of hard work that i had put into my body um so as someone who like i said invested has invested in a series of muscle uh, building phases like i knew my body was gonna change and it's one thing knowing those changes but it's like a whole different game like going through them um and so yeah you know i think the first pregnancy was amazing learned a lot about myself um and so that the initial process like the first pregnancy I went through with my my first son Oliver was you know is like nervous about this changes what's this going to look like and I feel like this pregnancy is very much like I don't want to say like surrendering to the process but just being like way more at peace with the process and like hey I'm appreciative of my body more like I just feel like a lot more grounded in it because I've also been on the other side of postpartum and been like oh it's actually it's fine no one
0: no one's gonna want to hear that you you had a decent time with this no one's gonna want to hear that no but but it's good it's good to hear, it's good <laughs> to hear both sides of that and I think that there's probably with whilst being sympathetic there's probably a a, a hype hyperbole around some of the things you know of like and even if that is bad like when jenna was having some like a rough go in the first trimester like it like i think people again like i think people were quick to like i don't know what there's a there's a word it was almost like uh not 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 misery loves company but like almost like um you know, what is, the, what is the word? Like they survive like a survivalist uh, approach where it was like, they were quick to tell us how bad their pregnancies were and how, mm-hmm. how it's not going to get much better And, you know, I, I threw up every day from the, from, for 38 weeks. And like, and it was like, you know, just keep that shit to yourself, you know, like, just like nobody wants Not, I'm not saying you, your experience of like, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't that narrative of I threw up every single day, but like, there was an element of like, I'm like, yeah, she's gonna have a rough go at it, and people. I hate that. Like, um, you know what I hate? We're gonna go small tangent here. I hate the like, ju- the 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 just wait crew. There's two phrases in yeah. life I hate more than anything. Number one is the it must be nice. If it must be nice is the worst mentality ever. I think it's just I fucking hate that. If somebody says that, it's like totally. It go, I go from zero to a hundred. And it and the, and the yes. just wait people the just wait people are killing me. They just wait until they do. Pop bop, bop. Just wait until it. This this this. And I'm like, I don't know if you want me to congratulate on you on the fact that whatever you're telling me to just wait for that's negative that you've done it and that you're through it and you you made it. Like congratulations, but also like. I, I don't love the like n- default negative around stuff where it's like, just wait until they, you, you're up at two in the morning. Just wait until you're never sleeping. Just wait until, and then insert some negative implication of having children here. It's like, I don't want to go into this mentality of like waiting for the next thing that's supposed to suck to happen. It's just really, I, I don't know that phrase. I have heard it so much of like, just wait until, and, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's lighthearted and stuff. And it's like, sometimes just wait until they, you know, crawl on your back during a workout or something, you can't get your workout in. It's like, all right, it's like a little cute little thing. Like they're interrupting your workout. whatever. Oh, that's- that spin on it.
1: Yeah. Or it's like, it, those people are also like, have fun with that. You know, people you're like, I, that's my pet peeve. And you know what I think like, uh, in my, I just turned 33 yesterday. So in my wise old 33 years, you know, I think that, uh, if anything I've learned is just that it's all temporary. And that just sounds like, when you're in the thick of it, when you're in the sauce of it, it's like uh, this. Literally, I'm dying here. But you know, you're gonna go through seasons where there's things that you love and things that are hard. No matter where you are, you know, postpartum, pregnancy. If you're even if you're the dad side of things, you know, it's it, there's things that are always hard. But um, I think that's also kind of what makes life kind of cool.
0: Could I, if I may? It's funny. I asked you before we got on if there were like was anything that you like didn't want to talk about, or whatever. And now I'm about to ask a question that I'm like, yeah, maybe. Um, but I would like to poke around the default setting that you might have had. Of I'm not really sure if I want to have kids, and the reason I'm yeah. asking, I'll lead with the fact that that's me. I am. I too have found a partner in life, without whom I'm not sure I would have had kids. I, I, you know, if you would asked me every day, I w- you know, 15 at age 15 through 25, I would have said yes, but I would have said yes, and I wouldn't have said it broad chested with my heart. I would have just like reflexively said it because when you say no you know, whatever, there's like a weird, really weird connotation with like people who don't have kids or don't want to have kids or like, it's way more of a conversation starter if you say no. So I would just say yes. But like, I certainly wasn't so sure. It took, it took marrying Jenna and and having her be around me enough um, to make that decision. And so I would be wondering what your kind of headspace was. And then when you met your husband and how that maybe gently transitioned to wanting to have children.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I think for me, like truly, it was having a teen mom and kind of helping my mom raise my I have three younger brothers. um, And just like seeing how much work that was, my mom was also so kind of a pro, I guess now is my mom's a, a private daycare provider. So I have grown up around children, like my whole life. She owned a preschool when we were living in Africa. And when we moved to the U S she started taking private, like doing private daycare in our home. So I have been around babies and children my whole life and I'm not immune to how much work and responsibility it takes. And so for me, um, uh, I just was very like, Nope, I, I've already raised kids. Like I've (laughs) already done this. i have babysat. Um, I was a swim coach for a very long time. Um, and like I said, raising my brothers and then also just as a competitive division one athlete, you know, I just like my whole life was like strict and regimented. And so I just, I needed freedom. I wanted to be selfish. I didn't want to be tied down. I didn't want to have anybody bothering me. And so, yeah, man, I just truly like, unapologetically is because I was selfish and I loved that. And so when I met my husband, um, you know, he's kind of, he's a little bit older than I am. He's six years older than I am. So uh, he's closer to 40 and uh, he very much knew that I did not want to have kids. And so, um, but he, he, that's the thing is like he was kind of hanging on to the thing. Like I think Ocean's going to eventually change her mind. And so when we were, we were together for about, five years and then the kind of conversation for me I was like I was 26 at the time I was like maybe you know when I'm 30 like I'll come around to it and so we got married and there was still that anticipation like yeah I'll do it when I feel ready one day and then 30 came like I turned 30 and it was like now it was the conversation because he was 35 and he's finishing grad school and his PhD and we were getting set up and stuff he's like all right like it's time and I was like I'm not ready I'm not ready and so anyway uh I ended up, I don't want to say like, surrendering because I it is something that I did want I obviously would not do something I wasn't ready for. But I feel like I'd kind of, you know, I had accomplished everything that I had wanted to in my life. Like, yeah, you know, I have a I've had a successful business. Um, My life was kind of set up the way that I wanted to I'd done the bodybuilding stuff, I had done all of these things. So I just, I felt like I got to a place where I was like, cool, I've accomplished everything kind of physically that I wanted to at this point, like, I don't want to be old and be alone. That was kind of, horribly, you know, that was like a big driving factor for sure. I feel like
0: selfish as a, just like a trait gets a bad rap. I mean, you mentioned it there. Cause you're like, Hey, I was in a selfish mindset and, and the word selfish is just a neutral word. It's not like, it doesn't have, it doesn't actually have a negative meaning, but it, it is uh selfless gets put up on a pedestal and selfish gets looked at as in a negative light. And there are mm-hmm. contexts in which I can see where someone's coming from with that kind of just correlating one with the other, but I, I really look at it as a spectrum from selfish to selfless and an extreme of either probably isn't your happiest life. And I think that you and I just, I work with selfless people all the time. I work with people that I want to move more towards the selfish end of the spectrum every day to making time for yourself, putting your oxygen mask on first, all of this stuff of mm. like, you know, whatever, making time to work out and your nutrition and, and taking more control and ownership of your life and all this stuff. Like where, like, you, you know, I just, whatever. When you said selfish, I was like, I it's, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm projecting or it sounded to me like you were saying it almost with this, like, I know that that's not right. And I'm not saying you were saying it that way, but that's, that's like very quickly where our, our minds can go. We're like, you said that you're like, Oh, I, I must, you know, sound like a selfish bitch or something for, for feeling like that. And I just don't think that it's that simple. I think selfless and selfish are both contextual and I deal with people all the time that are super selfless. And that is a problem in their life. And so I just Mm -hmm. wanted to like, I don't know if you've, carried that with you. Cause I felt the same way. I was 21 and had a business that was growing and was living on my own and f- had total freedom. And first time in my life, I had financial freedom and I, you know, was so super independent. And then the idea of like being, being, you know, kind of sh- shackled is a v- super negative term, but that came to Your my options
1: mind. just, they just change, yeah. you know, they dwindle in in a way. Like it just feels like they're not as the, br- the broadness of, and the freedom isn't, it's not that it doesn't exist. It's just different.
0: Yeah. We're both, we're both uh, air quote entrepreneurs. So I think that we carry with us like a baseline higher level of independence. And so I think that, that, that tracks where we're, we both maybe are starting off more on that selfish side, just because we tend to do you know, our work for ourselves by ourselves. And so I can see where the, there's some similarity there.
1: Totally. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I think having kids actually is one of the most selfless things that you can do. And it's also selfish in its own way as well. Um, but it's uh you know now that we're on the other side and you guys are about to be uh you know a month before i have my second it's uh you know having had one it's it's actually been like the best thing i was like what was life before children you know what i mean like it's weird to think that like i existed cool. i mean i'm certainly miss <laughs> elements of it yeah. um but you know i think it like just really gives life a whole new meaning and it's kind of cool to think about if all over my my if my children decide to have children like i get to live like two more lifetimes kind of
0: cool. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You're, you're like as a fitness professional, you're an XD one. I think you're a swimmer, right? Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, you have this incredible physique. You're just like super jacked and strong and it's, you know, you are more than that as an individual, but let's be real. There's like a, when the world looks at you and, and, and looks at you as a person in the fitness space, like that's one of the things that's attached to your identity. And that, gets challenged a little bit as you are, you know, air quote, you're choosing to go through a physical transformation or, and go through this, you know, this experience, but it's, it's, you're both choosing to do it and it's happening to you. I don't love that second phrase, but whatever. Um, what yeah. what, what was that like? I mean, was that like, you knew that that was part of, I'm sure that like air quote, that like selfish part of you that was like, oh, I'm like, I'm in like the peak of my, phys- my physical fitness, you know, outside of swimming, potentially muscularity wise, yeah. leanness. And, and you know that that's going to go through a transition. What was that like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I'm not going to just say, oh, it was easy. And like, I accepted it completely. (laughs) Um, There was certainly that element, again, of that, like, involuntary change as someone who had pursued specific periodized phases of like, hey, I'm going to make, I'm going to invest in like building muscle and gaining body fat and doing all this stuff um, to going to, to agreeing um, to committing to a phase where knowing those things were going to happen, but like not being in control of them at all, you know, in terms of like, yeah, just where you would gain, I mean, not that you ever have control of where you gain body fat or anything like that, but just in terms of like it being, yeah, kind of uncontrollable and like knowing that your training is going to change and just how your body changes and like your boobs grow and stretch marks happen. And these are things that you just truly don't have control over.
0: Did, did, um, what? Yeah, it's so funny because I was going to ask you a question that I hate getting the answer to in an unsolicited kind of way. I was going to be like, hey, like, what sort of things did you do that you felt? And it's funny, you and I have been talking about doing this podcast for quite some time. And the interesting thing is, as I was, as Jenna was leaving this morning, I was like, "Oh, I have a pot with Ocean today," and it was like, we had scheduled this when Jenna was like first starting out in pregnancy. And so I almost was like, "Why don't, why doesn't Jenna hop on with us?" But Jenna and I are going to do another one in the future. But I'm curious what your changes to training were like. What, what you, you know, I have, I'll say right now, I have worked with women who are pregnant since I was 21. But yeah. That does not make me a specialist. Um, totally. And I have a very, uh, a surface level, a decent knowledge and, and going through MNU, learning a, a lot about the nutrition side of things and blah, 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 blah. However, um, recently having Jenna being pregnant, I've gone deeper into that feel, into that side of things. If It's, not a, to deep just, it's totally, a deep side. It's a deep pool. What was some, what were some of the things that you changed? I mean, listen, I know that again, that it's just like not the same for, I'll put all the disclaimers. It's not the same for everybody. You're different than other people. Yeah. There's a million ways to kind of go about doing this. There's no like, a ton of universally agreed upon things just within the vacuum of you talking about you, what were the, some of the things that you felt helped you, some of the changes you made, whether that's training or other pregnancy related things that let's imagine you're talking to me and Jenna sitting here and she's, you know, in the first trimester and and tr- has some of these questions.
1: Totally. And I would exactly say that first and foremost, is like, Hey, just a quick disclaimer. This is what worked for me. This is, Uh, You know, every, every person, even every pregnancy is different. So, uh, you know, uh, some people have, unfortunately, the negative side effects of getting pregnant, and some people don't. And I fortunately, again, knock on wood have had the latter because I'm still know just starting in my second trimester but i think training during pregnancy is very much like meet yourself where you're at in terms of energy levels modifications exercise selection and intensity um i think my maybe it's like a bit of an athlete mindset uh kind of but like you're pregnant you're not broken you're not dying um and so there you can still be active you can still be strong you can still do things you can lift weights you can implement progressive overload you can train hard and you can lift quote heavy, which is all relative, right? Like using the RP RIR scale. Um, you know, so, uh, I think you can, I guess I look at like pregnancy and like training in pregnancy as like almost like a mini build. That's kind of how I've tried to like reframe it for myself. It's felt a lot more digestible that way. Um, so like an overall summary, uh, just because again, it, 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 it's gradual and it progresses and it changes. So we have to kind of break it up into like first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, and even fourth trimester if we want to go there. But, you know, for the first trimester, um, uh, pretty much nothing changed for me in terms of my exercise selection and training intensity outside of maybe needing to give myself a little bit more rest. Um, You know, it's like, uh, even though I didn't experience like some of those tough symptoms that moms feel, like this this is the phase in pregnancy where you you're pregnant, but you don't look pregnant, but you feel it. Right. So um, I think it's just like giving yourself a lot of grace. And um, I think, you know, since we both specialize in like hypertrophy strength training, right? Like it's not about the load or the reps or the intensity, but your proximity to failure. And so like training hard and still going there with effort has, was still like my goal in the first trimester. I didn't really change anything, um, at all. Um, now that I'm in my second trimester, this is usually again, where most people, I think even Jenna have started to feel better, have better energy, but I think the biggest, so in the first trimester, honestly, really nothing needs to change outside of like, Hey, I'm pregnant. I need to meet myself where I'm at. Um, I probably could like scale my intensity. Maybe I need a little bit of longer rest periods because I'm a little bit tired, you know? Um, but again, being a good self coach is like my mantra, like meeting yourself where you're at the second trimester. um, I think the biggest emphasis that people that I have, and that I think people should look at is just um, breath work, breathing and like pelvic floor work and deep core connection. And if all of these sound foreign to you, and you're planning on being pregnant or want to be pregnant or are pregnant, definitely take a peek into those. I think, um, again, having been a lifter for a long time, like instead of the biggest shift here in second trimester is like instead of increase, you know, instead of increasing the abdominal pressure, you want to decrease it. Um, And so being aware of the J breath technique, which is just relaxing your pelvic floor and exhaling through the movement versus like, intentionally holding or bracing. Um, You know, we kind of want to breathe through the exercise versus like longer breaths holds. And so uh, yeah, training for me in the second trimester so far, it hasn't really changed again all that much. um, Because I'm on a time crunch with only really able to train two or three times a week, I pretty much have through my postpartum experience, the first one and this pregnancy, have just been doing two main working sets of things. And I've been doing one or two are one or zero RIRs for most of my things. Like I'll work up to heavy sets and then just train the close to failure for both of them. And so in the second trimester, I've just everything outside of my compounds has stayed the same. My compounds in terms of like leg press and RDLs have instead of being like one RIR, have shifted to like two to three. Um, So I'm staying a little bit further away from failure. Um, And again, loads are relative based on how I feel that day. But um, yeah, you know, I think that... uh, And and anything else that has really changed for me is just like considered like eliminating... uh, Not that I was really doing any bouncing or jumping, but just being more aware of like pull-ups, for example. Like it's just like I just found that managing my core pressure was just a little bit more challenging in like a, a vertical position. So switching to more like an inverted row or like feet elevated. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I guess in the as I progress into the third trimester, it's going to be a lot more emphasis again on that deep core connection, breathing, um, pressure management, uh, rest and recovery motion is lotion, you know, just like walking is literally bay, <laughs> the goat of all time in throughout all of these phases. And, um, I think third trimester, you can even do it in the second trimester is like seeking out a, a an appointment with a pelvic floor therapist, um, just to actually like confirm that what you're doing is correct. Like where you actually get that tactile like feedback. Um, yeah, I, I did that in my first pregnancy. And that was really helpful. I kind of honestly had to do a little bit of a white lie for insurance purposes and say that I was having problems leaking, um or like just some incontinence, because like, it, it's strange to me that like, it's not like a actual thing that most women aren't like, it's, it's a specialized thing. Like you don't just get that appointment because you're pregnant, which kind of blows my mind. Um So anyway, I kind of a little bit of a white lie and, and told them i was having problems leaking um and t- to be able to get that appointment so yeah uh I, I think if anything it's just training through pregnancy is like you're not broken meet yourself where you're at scale and modify the exercises based on your growing belly like you'll maybe have to start switching to more of a sumo stance or um you know for example chin ups and managing your core pressure there may not feel as good so scaling to an inverted row but yeah, you can still implement progressive overload, you can still train hard, you can still, you know, use RIR. Yeah.
0: One of the one of the things I always uh that I have found to be interesting is so I've taken 3 3 courses, let's say, uh 3 hmm. 3 courses that are that have to do with at, or at the very least cover as a large part of the course lifting in pregnancy. And the funny thing is like a lot of these, uh, like 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 pre postpartum pregnancy courses for people that want to learn how to maybe some what stuff about their pep floor, prepping for birth, how to lift, how to exercise, nutrition stuff, navigating like uh, discomfort during pregnancy, like normal stuff. They're all like um, also very CrossFitty, and so like I like took uh, Mama Stay Fit, I took Brianna Battles, I took. Uh, box wellness I took you know and all of them like all of the exercises like assume that you're working out in like a crossfit box and that you're just doing like squats and deadlifts and lunges and and hip thrusts and and hip extensions and I'm like the funny thing is like a lot of the stuff that they're like kind of not worried about in an intense way but like the concerns that they have I'm like guys like what's cool about like more modern hypertrophy training is that like we've fixed all this (laughs) like like we've fixed like everything that they're kind of like outside of the breathing outside of the breathing like most of your like just kind of bread and butter hypertrophy stuff doesn't involve like a valsalva maneuver doesn't involve like a big breathe brace yeah. hold press lift push through a seven second eccentric or a concentric squat it's like uh, jenna's like oh should i change my training I'm, i look at her program i'm like oh it's like a seated incline curl there's like a seated incline press there's like a seated lat pull down there's like i'm like uh, I'm like, for if you find an exercise that's like good for hypertrophy, it, it almost guarantees outside of the geography of your belly that needs to be considered yes. that you're probably not going to have to breathe, brace, valsalva maneuver, fucking almost pass out on a heavy squat or a deadlift, like. And it just, it just was funny because like, I'm watching the program. It's like, how to barbell squat, how to barbell. Uh, uh, bench and i'm yes. like listen i'm not against doing that stuff i'm just saying that like it was the assumption that that's what everyone's doing and i'm like actually oh, like yeah. if you're doing like bread and butter hypertrophy like people join my group and they're like hey i'm you know what should i change i'm pregnant and i'm like listen first of all you should work with someone one-on-one and i think that there's like you know you could probably do most of the program if you had a good handle on on more, more so the mindset and the intensity piece the breathing piece the actual exercise selection works I'd say 90% of the time barring some Agreed. modifications like sumo stance maybe don't lay completely prone or supine for very long but even that is kind of a myth you can lie supine on your back for an yeah, exercise not the for other a short while. period of time yeah yeah absolutely. absolutely and so I just found that to be a little bit funny where I'm like they're like people are like up in arms about something not up in arms but there, there was like a level of intensity that was brought to the like this is how you should barbell squat and barbell bench press and I'm like yeah it's like probably not even doing those though, you know, and just like most of the exercise selection that we are doing is like pretty comfy. It's like, I don't know about this like comfy cardio movement that like people do. I don't know. This is a small random transition, but like we've been doing like a lot of comfy lifting in, in our pregnancy, Jenna and I, where it's like, you know, she's like in her, we're like in PJs and everything's comfy. Everything's seated. Everything's got a lot of stability. We're not looking for a lot of yes. like core demand. Not that working your core is bad, but like, yeah, I don't want to be like breathe, brace, drop into it. And again, by the way, you can squat heavy in pregnancy. I don't want to make it seem like you can't do that. You can deadlift heavy and pray. Of course, there's correct ways to do that. And you can do that for sure. But I just, I took three different courses and all of their exercise um, uh, demonstrations and discussions were all in a CrossFit box and all was b- b- squat bench deadlift. I'm like, well, we're not doing that. So yeah, I just thought that was funny.
1: Totally. Uh, you know, I, I train at home, so I don't have as I, a hybrid, I hybrid a, a bit of both. So I have, uh, I have to take into account like, okay, yeah, if I'm doing uh deadlifts or like I'll hybrid, like my echo, you know, I'll just kind of do like a cardio circuit or whatever. But, um, yeah, I think it's just more so like, being cognizant of the breathing techniques when you are doing barbell compounds but for in the context of hypertrophy training close to failure (laughs) your training honestly really doesn't need to change because if you are picking you know if you are following a sound program be your hypertrophies, is my sustainably jacked programming you are training with a lot of stability exercises like okay maybe you need to sit a little bit further and like an upper back pull down. Right. Um, or maybe you do it half kneeling instead. Um, but you know, you can still, maybe you can't do a leg, a, a laying leg curl anymore, but I've actually still been able to do barbell, uh, excuse me, Smith machine, hip thrusts last week. Um, I just put the, the, the barbell a little bit lower down my thighs and it's beautiful. Like I wasn't able to do that. I didn't do that my first pregnancy. Cause I, the Smith machine sucked ass at the the gym, but the, you know. I you you again you're not broken like you can still train in hypertrophy training honestly like it's just i'm obviously incredibly biased but i think it's the the way to it's the gateway to like longevity health and fitness being strong looking jacked it's all the things
0: yeah let's talk a little bit about um that the old the old fourth trimester um just yeah, maybe a little bit of what that was like I think that there's that's still something that listen I'm, I'm going through this we listen I'm, I'm not going through shit Jenna's going through this but uh, going through the process of 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 wanting to help her to take that off her plate of like what should she do and not do um, but I think that that is a bit of a, a a nebulous kind of vague topic that is not very straightforward that there's like a lot of um, when I think about it someone's gone through these courses I'm still kind of like well okay well I'm not I'm still not really sure what this is going to look like. And so what you know I know that you've had fairly not a fairly easy go at this relatively speaking by your own accord. Um but yeah, what was that process like? It, it, you know, what's the time frame in which you were cleared by your doctors and what have you maybe learned on the outside that was helpful for you and what your experience was like?
1: Totally. You know, again, first so my first time go around, I had all, a lot of similar questions. I was like, What is this going to look like? What should I be doing? Is there the right way? Um, and so I actually did pers- subscribe to Mama Stay Fits uh, postpartum uh, guide or, or her training app just to get an idea, honestly, of like, What does this look like? But I just, um, I, I really did actually appreciate the gentle movement, the motion as lotion aspect. That's just walk. I mean, again, walking is amazing. And on, we have to also just put this disclaimer in here, even though we did already at the beginning, fourth trimester, like a lot of it, like you could have an incredible pregnancy, but your birth may be traumatic. You know, you could have prolapse, you could, you, there could be so many things. So for people's fourth trimester, again, it's going to look very different. Even if you had an amazing pregnancy, I, again, knock on wood, had an incredible, like unmedicated vaginal birth it was over and beautiful. And I was at home like the next day and my uh, postpartum recovery, the initial one was, um, you know, just more so like meeting myself where I'm at, just I, the honestly, like, and I'm sure just being a coach, you know, this too, like your, your well being as a human being, like hinges on sleep. And so when that factor gets disrupted, you're crazy, you're a little crazy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then you throw in like breastfeeding to the mix and all this stuff. So, uh, for me, the fourth fourth trimester training is doing it very slowly. But again, from the hypertrophy standpoint, like if you're picking like exercises and you're you can you can jump back into training relatively quickly. Um, but I would say maybe the first two to three weeks postpartum are just more so focused on where what's going on in my stomach situation. There was a baby there, and now there's nothing there. <laughs> And so you're just like, it's, it's, you must be like a deflated balloon. And so it's just more so like reconnecting to that and like breathing, doing floor exercises, you're hunched over from holding the baby, you're hunched over from, uh, you know, breastfeeding, if that's what you're doing. And so just honestly, doing a lot of like mobility, T-spine openers, gentle movement type things felt really supportive for me. Um, And then kind of just like getting kind of back into it. Like th- my first day back in the gym, I love training back. I love training posterior chain. And so I pretty much just like, you know, went right into upper back pulldowns, cool some seated rows, but a lot of chest like chest support just cause I needed that stability. Um, because it felt weird, like kind of bracing without uh, without the baby there. Um, but yeah, you know, m- starting out the workout maybe with a little bit more of that old school mentality of like dynamic warm up. Because I literally was like hunched over and sore from holding this baby. So um, the fourth trimester was just kind of a little bit more focused on that like dynamic movement, you know, activating, like feeling good, connecting with my body, and then just kind of going right into like three to four staple exercises two to three RAR, you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. I think meeting yourself where you're at and also not babying yourself, like you're completely fragile. I think that it's under, you're going to be sore. You're going to, it's going to be, it's like coming, I'm not saying it's like coming off of any layoff. It's certainly a fairly unique uh, thing to be, you know, kind of taking time, some time off training for, but yeah, I, I have experienced something similar And I have felt that with a lot of the clients that I've worked with that are, you know, come postpartum, I, you know, make sure they get cleared by their doctor before we start training, um, and that we ease into things. But I feel like I've always been more conservative. I'm thinking of a client too, that I'm working with right now that are fairly early postpartum and I'm the one who's like overly conservative. That doesn't mean that they, that they shouldn't be more conservative, but maybe I've underestimated, um, you know and 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 felt just in a way that i've overestimated um how slow to transition people back into lifting and i'm super duper conservative yeah. i'm like 8 rir i'm like whatever i'm like hey 5 rir in the first week you know like and yeah especially when it comes to these higher stability lifts you know there isn't as much at stake when you're doing like a half kneeling single arm pull down or something like that you know
1: totally or like honestly just doing like seated or chest supported lower raises or like bicep curls it can be kind of nice to feel that like just to feel that range of motion and honestly I don't even recall like waiting to get the green light to train I think I just I don't know I just listened to how I felt and I'm really a big walker like I love walking um and so I just and honestly it was just nice to get outside for 10 minutes by myself to like for the mental headspace to get like some sunshine and like not be with the thing attached to me um you know away from my husband because we were it's just like it's a lot at once so um walking is b- first and foremost like the go to thing um but also like yeah i would say like again it depends on your labor and delivery experience but like chill out the first week like really enjoy that moment get outside even if it's like for a small walk to the mailbox and back um lay on the floor maybe do like because you you're back and just like the beds are uncomfortable you know just like opening up your back a little bit can feel good I, foam roller amazing I, you know that was a uh, bay as well early postpartum i had a thercane uh, those kind of things they felt really good you know it's a lot of like how does this feel um yeah
0: being in the fitness in the fitness space i had some of these terms some of the things that come out so about like the fitness space or like when people say like in the trenches when they're talking about like people doing online coaching i'm like this couldn't be further from in a trench um anyway whatever but like seeing the 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 good side, of course, seeing the good side of health and fitness and, and what it can bring, a good relationship with your body and enjoying movement and improve quality of life and all these amazing amazing things that you know that it can bring you. This is what you do. It's what you preach. But also seeing some of the darker side, you know, some of the ED side, some of the, you know, uh, uh, body dysmorphia side, some of just those negative side of things. We could take things to the extreme. Like, do you, what do you think about those? And I don't want to put leading, leading thoughts in your head, but like I... I feel like I'm more proud of where I am, relationship with body and nutrition and training that I've ever been in my whole life. And I still have some fears, air quotes of like, you know, of, uh you know, I'll just, whatever, just I'll crudely put that I don't, I don't want to fuck my kid up, you know, but like, okay, I don't feel like I'm going to. I'm just saying that's like, that's what we're talking about here. Do you have thoughts of you know how old is your son what do you what is he is he you know when he starts asking questions about mama what's a calorie mama what you know can i have chips for dinner or mama can i do you think does that stuff in your head right now or do you feel like super confident that like you're just going to take those things as it comes and use your best judgment and you're feeling optimistic about it
1: yeah you know a super great question i think that Obviously being a fitness coach in the space I'm like incredibly hyper aware of like food language and just that side of things. I don't ever think like I grew up with my parents like inherently being like this is good or this is bad, but it was just societally inflicted as far as like again, I was the, I was the only girl and my mom and I were like okay, well, we're on a diet or like these kind of things. And so um I was very excited to educate my son Oliver in terms of like and I don't think my parents did this necessarily, um, but I don't think they necessarily educated me either. You know, they like, and I think they just adopted cultural looks like, words like cheat day. Oh, we're being bad. Oh, this is unhealthy. Right. And so I think just being as a coach, like I gently call my clients in when I notice their check-ins come in and like, Hey, I was being really unhealthy this weekend, or that was really unhealthy. And I'm just like, Hey, let's talk about that. What does that look like? And so Um, I'm super excited to almost like bypass all of that. And just literally, this is just the way that I talk. Um, so like with Oliver, my son, you know, it's, it's like, honestly, not talking about food in black and white terms, like, uh, you know, this isn't healthy or unhealthy, good or bad, but rather talking about food as a matter of fact, like, oh, you know, protein helps us build muscles and it feels, feels recovery or like carbs are going to give us a lot of energy. Or, you know, vegetables have so many nutrients in them or like this is nutrient dense, this is calorie dense. You're not being bad. Pizza's delicious and it tastes so good, but it maybe too much of it doesn't feel so yummy on your tummy, you know? So I guess talking about it from that lens and then if anything, um, maybe an area that I think my parents weren't aware of, but just like not doing the clean plate club situation. Like I, I think being able to, uh, I don't think, I mean, we were always hungry. We are always in sports. So we literally ate everything. Um, but you know, I, I just feel like leading by example, honestly, like mommy eats vegetables, Ollie eats vegetables. Mommy eats this. We do this. Like he's not eating different foods to what I'm eating. We did baby led weaning, like right off the gates, all first food, literally he turned like five months old. I was like, here's a banana. <laughs> and he ate it you know so he he we're going through a little bit of he's like a fruit bat right now he's just all about the fruit situation so I'm actually having trouble getting into other things that are like muffins and like oats and stuff he's just like wants to eat fruits and vegetables which isn't a horrible thing sure. but um anyway I'm I, I guess for me I'm like to answer the question I'm gonna lead by example and I'm gonna just talk about food as a matter of fact from a neutral neutral place i know recently it was just halloween actually and i have followed a couple new uh you know mom feeding accounts and stuff and um yeah like people doing like the switch which or like not you know picking kids picking the five pieces of candy it's like it's basically the switch which i think that's what it's called it's where um you know you go trick-or-treating you get copious amounts of candy right and then the next day the parents like They take, you can, the kid gets to pick like however many pieces of candy, five pieces of candy, ten pieces of candy. And then the parents take the rest of the candy. They put it out on the porch and the next morning, the switch, which brings them a gift and takes the candy out of the house. That's what I believe it is. And so I, I don't know. I'm, I've got to this place with my food relationship within my household. Do you know how many? I think I have Costco in my pantry. You know what I mean? Like, we have all of the things. I don't want to have things off limits. And so, anyway, I'm just, uh, I really want to cultivate that, like, informed eating, all abundance mindset towards food. Nothing's bad. Nothing's good. Hey, we're going to prioritize eating these things first, but we can have dessert every night.
0: Do you find that in, I don't know how many of those conversations you had to have, um, you know, like, actual, like, mommy, what's a calorie? Mommy, like, why can't I have ice cream or whatever? Like, in an actual, like, with a being that... You're actually trying to reason with. Like, I don't think you're. You're. I, again, I'm not. I don't know, but I, I'm not. I'm guessing your son's not like actually asking a question, looking for a reason just yet. Um, but just I, yet. <laughs> yeah, but I've never. I've never had to answer those questions, right? And so I've never, you know, I, I, I we answer them at a mile a minute at, at a subconscious level. Um, mm. And our views on this stuff is shaped over a long period of time. And it's skewed by the fact that we have gone through formal learning about it. And, you know, we've been at the extremes. I mean, you, you and I, we have, I mean, have been at, you've been at the, every macro to the gram, clean eating, cheat days, all the way to like more intuitive to where you are now, which you're quite proud of. And you've never actually like had to explain it in a way, like I, I think about some of these questions of like, hey, mommy, what's a calorie or whatever. But like, I've never actually had to answer that question to a four-year-old or whatever. And I just laugh because like, uh, yes, Levi, I love your answer. It's amazing. You should do all of that. But I also like have never had to answer that question. And and part of me is like, I'm curious. I'm gonna ask you if, if, if going through those as a mental exercise, because maybe you haven't had to do that a ton just yet, but imagining what those conversations might sound like, did it bring up? Any? Did it bring up any things where you're like, oh, maybe I have room to work on this? Um, or did it reinforce a lot of like, hey, if I just go with leading by example, I really trust where I'm at right now to set a good example. I do think that there were a couple moments where I was like imagining these conversations and I was like, oh, maybe I have room to improve my, the way I articulate this to my, even myself or to my clients, you know, and and it brought yeah. up some thoughts. Uh, and I'm, I'm just curious if you had those thoughts or it really did, you really like, we're like, no, actually I'm, I feel really confident that if I just lead by example, like, you know, it's going to be a good thing.
1: Yeah. um, And that, that's such a great thing. And I'm, I'm like actually reflecting as I'm talking, um, not to like toot my own horn, but I do feel like I have done an extensive amount of work in this area. Um, I feel like I do it daily with my clients, um, and it, I feel like I do answer these questions and talk about food relationship, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, it, I do feel um, I do feel confident, but that's not to say that there isn't room to grow. And maybe I don't know what I don't know yet. It, if anything, I think that the challenge is honestly just maybe more so from like a husband-wife perspective. My husband very much again respects. He he he's a chemist. He's a PhD chemist. He like understands nutrition. He's done the macro counting. He's done it all with me. He loves talking about food in dichotomous terms. It's He's like, it's just easy for me to do it that way. He's like, I'm just going to start eating clean or, you know, I'm being so bad. And that's just easy for him to make to, to logic that way. Um, and Can I Can I pause you right there? Disagree. Can I pause you right there
0: of like, of like just this idea. This is kind of where I was headed where, where yeah. you might like that for, as an adult, like I'm a big believer that what, that uh, a dichotomous thinking that nothing is, in this context, I'll just stay with this context, that that's not inherently bad. Like, that your no. husband is 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 maybe wired in that way, that it's, uh, that he doesn't look, he doesn't attach a moral, uh, doesn't attach morality to those terms. And that, for him, like, he's like, if someone's like, hey, you shouldn't look at food that way, and he's like, why? I feel totally fine about this. Like, I'm not having food anxiety. Like, I'm not like, and they're like, oh, oh. And so in this case, yeah. it's not, he's yeah. not like doing something that, that, you know, you're not looking at him like, wow, your relationship with food is messed up. You shouldn't look at it dichotomously. Cause for him, he's like an adult that is rationalizing it and, and just a more complex being. And, and he's able to, in this context, use maybe dichotomous terms or stuff like that. But, but yeah, the, this child is not. So I've always thought about that where I'm like, Ooh, I'm able to say it that way maybe, but that, that needs to be unpacked for a four-year-old or something, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm super interested to navigate it because like it's work. It works for my husband. He has a great relationship with foods. I think we all have again, there's always room to grow always things to learn. And you don't know until you know, you know, you go through like, Oh, this is what life is like on sleep deprivation, or like, this is what things look like now, you know, Um, but I again, I feel really confident in my abilities. And I know I have room to grow. And I'm excited to see what it looks like, us bringing up things. Um, yeah, and just working on it together. But we definitely have different, and it's. But it doesn't mean it's bad.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I listen. You. I mean, that baby's in good hands. I. I. I know where you come from, and just like your your beliefs about stuff. And yeah, that's a you guys can do a great job. Just at least my perspective on it. Thanks, man. <laughs> Cool. Let's let's uh let's do a little wrap up. Tell people where they can find you. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I love chatting with you. I hope I hope we we can stay in touch and I hope everything goes well with pregnancy. And I know you and Jenna have gotten a little gone a little, just been able to communicate about it. Uh, and that's been super nice to see. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll have a million more chats about this stuff. So let people know where they can find you. And uh, obviously, I'll tag all the stuff in the show notes.
1: Absolutely. I, uh, one of the before we end off here, I know one of the things you asked me on the pod or questions like we kind of talked about was like, you know, give me some pearls of wisdom. So I just have a couple quick bullet points that I'll just shoot through here. So uh, I already mentioned the first one here. I was like, Hey, everything's temporary, you're gonna have seasons of uh, things where you love and things that are hard. Um, I think the most important thing, um, especially being type A, very critical, I think moms are guilty of this, right? Like giving yourself just the immense amount of grace, so much grace, like pregnancy is stressful on your body. Um, it's just as much physical as it is mental. And, uh, you know, pregnancy and postpartum are different chapters in the book of your whole fitness journey. Um, Scaling, adjusting, modifying things doesn't mean you're weak, or that you're regressing or you're losing anything, you know, different doesn't have to mean bad. Um, It just means you're meeting yourself where you're at right now and being intentional about staying in your lane and being where your feet are is like, I cannot stress that enough. Um, the another big point here is comparison sucks. To you before, to a previous pregnancy, to a, another pregnant friend, to someone on Instagram. Again, I love social media that it's connected us to all these this information. But like, um, listen to your body now. And if you again, again, Rhoda and I are biased here, but like, if you do truly have a lot of questions, like, invest in a coach. It's literally going to change your life. Literally, it's going to change your life. Um, as a type a, like, like to know, predict everything. There's an element of just, like I said, surrendering, surrendering to this process. Like you can't control everything. You could be doing literally everything, right. You could be following the guides, having a coach, but there's just so many things that are going to happen that are outside of your control. So being physically active and strength training are so, so amazing and Epic for you, but there's no guarantees that doing that stuff is going to ease be a quicker birth or an easier labor process when it comes to anything. It doesn't mean anything, but doesn't mean that's not a reason to not do it anyways. Um, and on that note, I, again, I think it really just depends on your personality style and what's important to you. But I personally am very big on being informed and advocating for myself. And so I know, Jordan, you've also loved this. You love learning, right? And, and so do I. And so I guess, like, depending on what your birth intentions are, cause you can't really have a plan. You just have intentions and that's going to do what it does. But, um, my intentions, my first labor and my second one were to have an unmedicated vaginal hospital birth. And so doing a lot of mental prep work is extremely important in my perspective. Again, some people, like I have a friend who's like, I just showed up and I want an epidural. And I was like, I love that for you, dude, but I, I'm not that way. And so just wanted to shout out a couple of accounts that I personally recommend. If you're, if you're like me and you want to follow mommy labor nurse has some excellent courses on, um, C-section labor, um, uh, vaginal unmedicated and, uh, epidural. So highly recommend you check those out. Mama stay fit again is another one. I take her content with bread and butter, just like, Hey, some snippets here or there are helpful. I loved the pelvic floor, uh, recommendations or just like opening up your pelvis. Cause you get to that third trimester, it, your hips hurt. <laughs> um, Brianna battles. I took her postpartum athlete course. Um, and then she has a really great podcast, the brave, uh, what is it? the Practice brave podcast, um, doc Jen fitness. And then Again, just because I'm kind of woo woo and I dig on like the whole like natural side of things, I did take a, a course through the Bad Badass Mother Birther Floor Cruise, um, and then your your natural birth. Like I said, I I was really big on like wanting to. I trusted that my body could do this, and so I read a bunch of birth stories from anime Gaskin, Gaskin, um, Your got to Childbirth, and it talks a lot about like birth stories and midwives and just again, I'm su- I'm super into that woo woo stuff. So if you're like Wanting to check that out, definitely recommend you reading about birth stories because, like I said, birth, this whole thing is it is very physical, but it's extremely mental. And uh, I guess the last kind of things here, pelvic floor PT. If you have to lie about it to get an appointment, please do. Um, You're you're you know you're not. You do want to be training your core. You're not trying to get a six pack over here, but you're you're learning to train your core properly and just being aware of that breathing can not only help you in your training. Um, but also in your labor and delivery. And honestly, just like even grounding yourself when you're a little crazy. And on the last note here is, uh, obviously, hopefully everybody knows this, you have way more offer than how you look, you know, gaining weight, stretch marks, putting your body, like putting on body fat to grow another human is so trivial compared to what's actually important. And, uh, you know, as someone who really digs in health and aesthetics, and honestly, was extremely vain. It's been a journey, man, to like get to where I'm at today. And having gone through a postpartum experience and just like training, you know, it's, it's not that complicated, but like, it's, it's, you're, like I said, you're going to have things that are hard and things that you love and that's part of it. (laughs) It's all part of it, but it's very trivial in the grand scheme of things. So um, yeah, dude, Jordan, it's been awesome being on here. Um, So again, my name's ocean trail. You can find me on the gram. This is my real name, ocean.trail. And then uh, I also have a website, yeah. Uh, sustainablyjacked, uh, .com. I Literally, that's just like my mantra. I love teaching people how to eat and train so they look like they lift without giving up their life. So check me out on those places.
0: Cool. Thank you so much for your time. We'll chat. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Where Optimal Meets Practical. If you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five star review on iTunes. That stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram at JordanLipsFitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.